Good morning. Welcome to my living room. So today is Palm Sunday, the first day of Holy Week. Each um, day this week, we will be focusing on different aspects of Jesus' last days before he was sacrificed. So um, each day on our social media platforms, we will be posting like a scripture and a meditation um, so that everybody can follow along. And um, so, yeah, that's good. Um, this Sunday and next Sunday, I got to be honest, it's a little difficult not being together to celebrate the cornerstone of our faith and rejoice together is going to be hard. Um, I miss seeing each of you and giving you a hug and praying for you and hearing each other's voices during worship and taking communion together. I don't know about anybody else, but I personally am feeling a little bit of a loss. Um, So I really miss you guys, and um, hopefully it won't be forever. (laughs) Um, But I am very grateful that we still have this way to uh, stay in touch. And really my encouragement for all of us is to not disconnect from our faith community. If anything, we need to be connecting um, even more. And when we're able to do it together again in person, it will be a big celebration. And I'm really looking forward to that. So here we are, first day of Holy Week. It's Palm Sunday, and it has become our transition that we do an interactive service. Usually on Palm Sunday, we've done prayer stations, we've done worship stations, we've done worship with our five senses. I think we did that last year. We've walked through the stations of the cross, and it really has become one of my favorite Sundays of the whole year. Um, And of course, this year is different. We are celebrating Palm Sunday together but apart. But I still got out my palms. I don't know if you could see them, but I busted out a few palms. Um, that's the good thing of having a, your uh, church <laughs> in your garage. <laughs> so you can just go and grab it. Um, so I want us to start today by reading through Luke's account of Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So Um, As we're doing that, really what I'm going to be talking about today is just focusing on the joys and the sorrows of that day. So let's read. Let's start in Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be reading verses 28 through 44. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king, starting in verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent away went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? 
They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. So Luke here is telling us about a crowd gathering together, gushing with excitement. It was a joyous occasion. They were lining the road in front of Jesus as he slowly made his way into the city. So here's a question. When was the last time you were with a crowd that was full of excitement and anticipation of something. Was it a concert or a party, a wedding maybe? For me, it was a Kings game. Not too long ago, Kings basketball, it was the night of March 11th. And there was a rumor that this was going to be the last game for the rest of the season because of COVID-19. I can tell you, As the crowd was gathering, there was anticipation, there was excitement, and there was anxiety, and it was electric. You could literally feel it in the air. Every conversation I overheard was about the news. It's all people could talk about, even as we were walking on the street up to the arena. Can you believe it? Could this really be the last game? It was nuts. So we we get in, we grab our sodas, we get comfy in our seats. The game did not start. It's supposed to start at 7 o'clock. It's like 7.03. This is interesting. You can just feel the excitement. There was like a rumble in the arena. It was very interesting. They even brought out the national or the flag and the person who was going to sing the national anthem, and they just stood there. And again, now it's like 7.05. What's going on? This is very weird. A lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation. We knew other NBA games were being played that night, but you could see on the news, like everybody's on their phone. You could see, I can't remember who it was, another team was also supposed to start at 7, and their game got shut down. And you're just like, what is happening? But they have the flag out there. They have the singer out there. And then they walked away. And the whole crowd went... Boo! They were not happy. And the announcement was made that we were to go home 
And that's when I knew stuff was about to get real. Little did I know that a few days later, the whole state of California would be on quarantine and self-isolating. And so I'm taking that memory for me and, and using it for this. I can imagine that the people who were there that day, that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, that there was even more excitement and more anticipation. They had been hearing news of the miracles. They were excited to see Jesus. I can imagine they had no idea that a few days later, the world was never going to be the same, that there was going to be so much sorrow. So, as Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, the crowd that gathered began placing palm branches and the coats off their backs onto the ground for him to pass over. And palm branches in particular, I'm going to grab one. Just a little baby plastic palm branch. But palm branches in particular were very symbolic in the culture at the time. So here's a little history on palm branches. Palms were a symbol of power over victory and enemies. In the Roman athletic competitions, the winners were awarded with palm branches as a symbol of strength. And they would get a crown, and on the crown, it was like a crown of um, palms. So the people, they're waving the palm branches towards Jesus because their connection to also the regulations of the Feast of Tabernacles, which was a big celebration for them. They were waving the branches toward Jesus, making it clear that they wanted him to be their next leader. The people wanted Jesus to be their warrior king. But Jesus was arriving as the king of peace. His war was not against Rome, but instead it was against sin and death. Also, it was the common practice during the Feast of Tabernacles for Jewish people to celebrate by living in temporary they call them booths or like tents. And they performed animal sacrifices and they rejoiced with, guess what? Leafy palm branches. This specific festival was a reminder of God's faithfulness in the wilderness and also God's soon promise for the Messiah to come. It was during this celebration, the Feast of Tabernacles, that they would declare allowed the verses of Psalm 118, which says, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. So Lord, save us translates also to Hosanna. When you apply this to the passage below, you get a greater picture of what was really happening on that triumphant day when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. So the next passage is in Matthew. We're going to jump from Luke to Matthew. And it's Matthew chapter 21, verse 9. And it says, The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Very same words as they would say in the Feast of Tabernacles. 
So the crowds were shouting, Lord, save us, Hosanna. And the Pharisees, as we read earlier, they were not happy about this situation. Basically, they tell Jesus in verse 39 to tell his disciples to shut up. Not very nice. But Jesus' response is one of my favorite Jesus comebacks. He tells them, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The rocks will cry out. So I also have a couple of stones. Because we've been doing kindness rocks. Lord, save us. Hosanna. Literally, the rocks will cry out. So as Jesus comes in the exact way that scripture has prophesied through Zechariah. So in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your, key come, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So it's interesting, I've been really thinking about this a lot this week, that they were living through prophecy. They were living history, much like we are right now during this pandemic. This will be history for generations to come, if there's generations to come. Um, But yes, we are living in history. I've been having conversations with my teenagers Probably the biggest historical event before this that I have lived through was 9-11. And um, they're getting to experience it now at a much younger age of living through history. So back to that day. So since it was not near the time for the Feast of Tabernacles, the already cut palm branches were not easily available. So people literally turned wherever they could to find palm branches from nearby trees and bushes. So again, here they are living a prophecy. This was not planned out. This is how it was supposed to be, and it happened. In Matthew 21, verse 8, it says, To wave before the Lord and throw on the ground before Jesus while shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, save us. So what they really were saying was, Jesus, you are our Jewish king, our deliverer from Rome. Take your rightful place now and free us. I can imagine the joy they felt after so much Roman persecution for such a long time. Here comes their freedom at last. I can just picture the joy that they had on that day. They wanted salvation. They wanted success. They were full of joy. But the tragedy and the sadness here is that these were the very same people who just a few days later would see a less triumphant man. They would see a man who was bloody and bruised and not playing by their rules. He was accused as a criminal. He was not acting the way they thought he would or the way they wanted him to act. And so they went from blessed is he who comes and Hosanna, Lord save us, to crucify him. So again, I can 
go from, from imagining that joy to just a few days later, that absolute sorrow and heartache. The pain that they must have felt. You know, it's pretty easy for us 2,000-something years later to think what fools they were. Like, weren't they paying attention to Jesus? He kept talking about this. You know, he kept foreshadowing that something was going to happen. And, you know, foolish. But they were human, just like us, with fears and struggles. They must have felt so betrayed by Jesus to go from one day, Lord save us, Hosanna, to a few short days later, crucify him. And then, of course, there is the physical and emotional pain that Jesus must have felt. I sometimes feel that pain 2,000-something years later as I read the words and the scriptures of his betrayal, which seems so much worse. You know, all of it really is heart-wrenching. In verses 41 and 42, it says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept. His heart was broken. So right in the middle of a joyous celebration, here is Jesus experiencing the joy and the sorrow. So here's my big takeaway for this being Palm Sunday and really for the rest of this Holy Week. You know, Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than any the mind of man could ever conceive or plan. Man, the people then, looked for someone to fight their battles. Yet God had the ultimate plan of sending his son to fight the final battle over death. And I really think that this is the greatness of why we celebrate this week. Because of Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we can be set free. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. We have so much to be grateful for this week, even in the midst of a pandemic. Our whole lives have changed. We don't do the things we did even a month ago. Our plans have all been canceled. Our education has shifted. The way we communicate has changed, and even the way we do different is our business is very, very different. We are experiencing joy and sorrow every day, and it's okay. It's okay to be laughing and joyful one minute and sorrowful and teary the next. Everything has, it seems like everything has changed in the last month. But the one thing that will never change is Jesus' gift of sacrifice. 
Another thing that will never change is God's love for humanity, his love for us. The very reason he sent his son to die on our behalf, this is what we remember this week. This is what unites us as believers. So in this Holy Week, may God direct our thoughts and our attention towards what matters most, which is Jesus Christ, our King. So let's choose to focus on worshiping the Lord, thanking Him for the gift of His sacrifice, celebrating the power of the resurrection and the new life found in Him alone. One more scripture I want to share today is 2 Corinthians 9.15, and it says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God. I am grateful, even though I am full of joy and sorrow. I am grateful. So right now, wherever you are, please close your eyes, and we're going to pray, and then Jody's going to lead us in communion. So Jesus, we know that you are here with us. This month has been really difficult. Things have changed in ways I never would have imagined. This kind of thing is only in the movies or on television, not in real life, but here we are. You are with us in our frustration, in our sadness, in our fear, and in our uncertainty that you are also with us in our joy and in our peace. Be with us this day and this week as we reflect on you, as we get through our days. Lord, I ask for protection from COVID-19 for our people. Bring healing to your world, Lord. We are so desperately in need of you. I pray that you would strengthen and protect us And you would protect those on the front lines, Lord, the doctors and the nurses and those who are working really hard so that the rest of us can continue to live our comfortable lives. Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom on how we can love others well, even in isolation. Amen. Amen. Part of the liturgy, just like Christians for centuries have used things like Resurrection Sunday, baptism to remember the things of God. Communion is we're okay. Communion is similar in that it is something that folks who have said yes to Jesus, that have invited Jesus to be Lord of their life, do to remember his sacrifice. And so I would want to invite anyone who is watching this and has not done that, has not invited Jesus to be uh, the king, to take control, to have his way in your life, that you would do that today. It's so simple. You can just pray and tell Jesus that you need him, that you understand you're a sinner, and you want him to come in and change your life. And as you do that, you enter into the family of God and you get to experience 
right away some of the things that we remember when we take communion, like the forgiveness of sin, to be set free, like the uh, healing that we can have in our bodies and in our hearts and in our minds because Jesus has secured the victory over sin and death. And you also have the opportunity to just join in God's story and be a part of what he's doing today. God is at work today in every part of the world, bringing reconciliation where things are broken. He's healing communities. He is healing people physically of disease. He's putting all things right, and we get to join him when we are a part of the family of God. And so I encourage you to do that, to say yes to Jesus. For those that have done that, we want to take communion together. And so if you're at home and you've got some elements, a cracker and juice like we have, or like we used one week cookies and milk, uh, these are just examples of the broken body of Jesus and this cracker and the spilt blood of Jesus uh, with this juice. And so by receiving these today, we are receiving Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that you victoriously enter into our lives. And we may, like the people uh, talked about in Scripture, we may not always see how it's happening. We may not even understand it. But we believe that you are here to secure victory and transformation. And so we celebrate that today by taking communion. Go ahead and receive. Kinder and I are grateful that you're willing to take time to be a part of what's happening with the Natomas Vineyard Church, even online. And as we kind of wrap up and look toward this week, I want to remind you about a couple of things that are coming up. We have decided to do a online Good Friday service. So different churches in the Natomas area are going to be recording some content, some worship, some scripture reflection this week that will be made available two times uh, during the day on Friday, both at noon and then again at 6 p.m. And so just stay tuned to all the places that information goes out online to find out how you can view that and participate in a Good Friday reflection this week. And then lastly, it's Easter Sunday this coming Sunday, and it's going to be different. Kendra discussed that, but it's also going to be special, and we want you to feel free to invite folks, just like you might have if you were going to invite them to attend a church service uh, in our location. You can do that by inviting them to join online. You know, and uh, you can share that information with folks on how they can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. So be blessed today. Continue to pray that uh, the things that are setting uh, the world kind of uh, ill at ease, that they would find redemption in God's plan. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we believe that God has got something in mind. And so just pray uh, for that in your own life and in the lives of people you know. And uh, just continue to be gracious and kind to each other whenever you have the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Faith over fear, y'all. <laughs>